beautiful Friday morning here in London, Ontario. We have negative 15, I believe, is on the radar something ridiculous like that, yeah. It's pretty crazy here. We are in the Sport Travel Studios for our very first episode of our Friday morning podcast, getting you ready for the weekend, bringing you the tips and details to succeed in the sport travel industry. I've got my colleague Sean Sinclair in with me today. I'm Tyler Childs, and we're going to go through the holy trinity of value proposition when we talk about housing in the tournament landscape. All right, good morning, everybody. We are going to jump right into it, and we're going to hammer into probably the most understood element of the value proposition, and that really comes down to our tournament directors. So they're after a couple of different things. They want to reduce everything that they possibly can that lands on their desk uh, and or, or their cell phone, which is probably the reality in today's world. Um, and, and that's why... They lean on housing providers that that meet their values, their expectation to handle their their customer service. So, you know, I think for me, when I when I'm meeting with prospective clients and or current clients, that's one of the most important things that they almost all say. Whether they're doing this as a full time job or they're a volunteer, at the end of the day, they want their life to be easy. And if they're going to hire or contract. A housing provider, they want that to be removed from their desk. So, I mean, if you're in their shoes, what's what's the first question you're asking? How much is it going to cost me? And that's the most common question, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's the wrong question. Is it now? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, the cost shouldn't matter to you. It should be what your customer is asking for. Absolutely. Right? First All and right. foremost. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to reduce costs. You want to make more money. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not the right way to get there. And we live in an industry right now that that's the question that's being asked. And that's why there's a lot of backlash and, and poor PR around the housing industry, because, you know, not everyone is asking those questions in the right way. So what I usually try to do is position it in a way that, you know, we're talking about value for all parties. And, and in this case, we're starting with the tournament director. They want to make money. I mean, that's why they do it, Absolutely. especially those that are out there running it like a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're not going to be naive about the fact that that's what they're in it for, yeah. right? And nor should we be. Well, everyone's got to make a living, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's what they do, and uh, it's great to, to put on tournaments for, for youth teams, and, you know, it's a great experience for, for kids of all ages, all different, you know, levels of tournaments. So we need someone to do that, right? I know it's a, a heck of a job. Uh, it takes, you know, years of planning and to build up to great tournaments. So yeah, of course those people need to, to make money and, you know, support their families as well. And it's completely thankless. Oh yeah. Right. 100%, I mean, no 100%. one, no one says thank you. No, I mean, no one says thank you in the grocery store anymore, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're in Canada, we say thank you a little more. A little we, more. <laughs> we do, but it's like, thanks for the beer. Yeah. yeah. Right. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's, it's not as, it's not as commonplace as it should be anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, society more so than the sports industry yeah, per se yeah. but you know when you talk about your tournament directors i mean they're out there working their butts off mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. this industry i will say uh has some of the hardest working people that i've ever met in my life um and, and it's not 
it's not an industry that necessarily has high margins per se, but it's an industry that you can make money if you were outwork your opponents. For sure. Um, so it really does fit, you know, the athlete model, mm-hmm. right? Which is what you see a lot of the time is former athletes after college settle into the business career uh, within the segment. So, you know, the especially the younger guys, they come in guns a blazing. They want yeah. $25 rebates because yeah, yeah. they heard somebody else got it. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? That person that runs a $25 rebate runs the best event in the country. Yeah. And they're turning people away. And if you're not doing that, don't even think about asking for a rebate, mm-hmm. right? Whether morally that's right or not, um, don't even think about it because you're, you're just out of your class uh, in that regard at this point in time. That's not to say you can't work to get there, right? But in order to ask for crazy amounts of money, you have to provide crazy amounts of value. For sure. And for sure. so, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it depends on where you position value as well, right? Some, some people value it as an experience, right? Which is what we're talking about in that case. Others provide it in, in reduced cost to mm-hmm. their end user. And it really depends on what type of business owner you are, what your short and long-term objectives are, because, you know, they all have different <laughs> strategies yeah. to get to that, that point in the puzzle. But, um, you know, it, it, in your discussions with, with tournament directors, what, what do you often hear from them? What, what do you see as that, that point of contention when you first engage with, with your tournament directors? Yeah, I mean, I think I just want take it back just a, a little bit when we talked about rebates a little bit I think there's lots of you know uh, volunteer organizers and maybe early you know tournament organizers who haven't been in the game uh, a long time um, who maybe have no idea what a rebate is right? right or where that came from or why that might be necessary um, so when looking at rebates it's a it's a way that you know we can help keep the overall costs of tournaments down Right. And so we're, we're, you know, the money is coming from the hotels and, you know, really providing, uh, you know, a bridge to make sure that, you know, your registration costs and your gate fees and all those types of things don't run out of control. Right. And so, um, you know, that's going to be one of the the big things is that, um, you know, how much is the potential? What's the potential? Right. What can we make from hotels? Right. And you, you might want to start at the top and kind of work your way back down and say, Hey, this is the potential. Now this may not be year one, two, or even three. Uh, but you, we, we can compare a model of, uh, you know, this is a, an established tournament in a market similar to yours. This is what we're doing for XYZ company, uh, or tournament director. And then we can kind of work our way backwards, set some expectations. Well, and the reality is it kind of works like an airline. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you can fly on spirit air, yeah. And you start with the bare minimums, and then every time you want to do something different, there's an add-on, there's an add-on, exactly, there's an add-on, yeah. there's an add-on, yeah. right? Which is what you see in the tournament experience. I mean, USSA is notorious for that, right? Yeah. Here's the cheapest, dirt-cheap dirt entry fee you can find on the planet, yeah. and then this is this, this is this, this is this, and there's that bill ends up being the same. And then there's a lot of tournament directors that go the complete opposite end of the spectrum, yeah. and they charge yeah. it all up front. And then there's no add-ons later. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really just depends on how you want to do it. And, and again, how much value you're providing for that total distribution of costs, which is really where a lot of tournament directors get lost in this conversation. For sure. Right? For sure. Because if you're going to ask for a crazy rebate, you really should be either negating gate fees and or having very minor, minor fees associated with that. Because in my opinion, that's double dipping. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. You're already making registration, yeah. which should cover all of your costs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. In reality, gate fees is a nice profit margin. 
hotels is a profit margin. But if you're increasing both of those, that's kind of where you're living outside your means. And I think that's where we find a lot of criticism from from families and teams when it comes to the whole big picture conversation. So mm-hmm. they uh, just feel like they're being pushed, right? Absolutely, over okay. and over, and just a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, so we got to there's going to be a breaking point. Absolutely, right? and, yeah. and like, like we said, I mean, every tournament director has a different model. So to sit here and say one model works for all, it's not true. I mean, we use no. several different models within our company, uh, and they're all for different types of directors. But, you know, that's where I think there's a little bit of a lack of trust mm-hmm. in our on our side of the business from the tournament directors because they assume we're all the same and that we're all trying to make as much as humanly possible without caring about the end consumer. So when, when you approach them with a model that probably should be their choice, they're hesitant because they don't understand why it's outside of the box. Yeah, why it looks so different, right? They don't understand that gap. Um, and, and really, it should. that's the way it should work. It should be um, a decision made based on how it suits each individual yeah. partner. Um, and, and I think, to your point earlier about um, all of the different fees, I think the hotel component you know, has some objections from the hotel side. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think that's also a little bit misunderstood as to why it's positioned the way it is. Um, And I think if you go through a bit of a sales understanding from the sports side, it makes a little more sense. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. So to kind of round out the the director side, I mean, really what they want to do is decrease price, right? Increase revenue. And often those don't go together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless you're running your event in a market that is desperate for business, you cannot have both. Yeah. And we live in an era right now where the hotels have never been more profitable ever Absolutely. in the history of hotels. They're the furthest, probably ab- above value right now than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a conversation that it will come back down to what extent is still you know, probably up to Trump if we're being yeah, realistic yeah. <laughs> here. Um, but it'll get there. And, and that's where we have to make sure everyone understands the positioning we need to have both today and when that time comes. Because they're very different, right? So, um, now, w- Without getting into too much detail, if, if there's a tournament director who runs multiple tournaments, maybe in multiple cities, or maybe we're just overseeing, you know, different tournaments, do you typically find a tournament director will have the same model you know, based on their company or is it more market to market? They're almost always going to try to have the same one in every market. Okay. Which is a mistake because, Mm -hmm. you know, you should be at least flexible. Yeah. Right. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to keep it consistent. Right. Because in any business, the more consistency you have, the easier it is to deliver a customer expectation. Right. So, so that makes a hundred percent sense why you would want to keep it the same. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's definitely not, something you we should be critical of because it's completely understandable. For sure. However, it is a conversation that we do have with some of our, our tournaments and basically try to get them to understand, like, okay, you're in a market that you should be thankful that they're doing anything because they have a lot of control. Yeah. And they can ice you. And mm-hmm. if they do that, you're missing out on a, on a good piece of revenue. So you just need to be careful with that, towing that line. You see it a lot in resort destinations or smaller markets that... For sure. Their, their position is we don't need you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, again, we'll touch on that when we get into the hotel side. Yeah, um, It's a common, my opinion, misunderstanding uh, because they're, again, missing the value proposition. And so, you know, it's a scenario that 
um, you know, it, it's a confusing conversation if you're if you don't look at it from a thirty thousand foot view, and that's a unique perspective that we have here at Sport Travel. We see hundreds of different tournaments. Mm-hmm. Everyone runs their business a little bit differently, and there's very few, let's call them emergencies, that we've not seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So there's very yeah. quick solutions to almost all of them. Everybody else panics, and we're just like, uh, no, really easy. Yeah. Just do this. This is this what and you this. do. X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Yeah. Everyone yeah. goes, oh, okay, that was yeah. easy, right? <laughs> Not and too I mean, bad. that's the value of also having somebody that does this day in and day out. Yeah. You know, and we, in those markets that they're that's already right. going into, right? Exactly. So, yeah. And and we don't sit here and pretend like, hey, we know how to handle your officiating crew. That's not what we do here. No, no, I that's mean, not for us. We do handle some of that in, in our own world, but we're we're not experts in the way we are on the hotel side. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately where where we where we spend our time and, and build our business. But you know, I think that's kind of the wraps up the tournament side. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a it's needs to be more flexible than it is. Um, people sense. need to be open to different models because I think the takeaway that I've seen probably more often than not is that most tournaments are actually pushing their clients away from their mm-hmm. housing provider because of what they put on a contract. Yeah. And it doesn't help your hotel partners, doesn't help your housing provider, and then at the end of the day it doesn't help you as a tournament because not only are you generating less revenue per team, you're actually upsetting your hotel partners who control your inventory. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, they you need their you need their rooms, you need the beds. And that's right? it, right? That's- and, and and there's a really 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 poor understanding of that Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of tournaments well they need us no they don't they choose to because it's easy business for them that they know will be there year over year yes that's the value to them they don't have to sell for that weekend next year Mm -hmm. yeah but if you go in and say hey i need an 89 dollar rate when the market average is 179 yeah no hit the road jack rejected real quick real quick and then guess what when you have 100 teams coming from out of town and they have no hotels to stay in Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to be down the to registration next year is not going to look yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, so that's a, that's something that I feel like a lot of tournament directors over the years have gotten burned on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they're getting better. They're learning in it partly because there's a bit of a roll up in the industry where some of the tournament producers are, are growing in size, have a better understanding. There's yeah. less beginners. Let's call that. They're doing the same thing. They're making those mistakes early on, recovering, taking good advice, and and, and learning and growing from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, jumping into the team side, team side, which yeah. the reality is the customer, right? As much as yeah, we yeah. do our deals with our tournament providers, um, the the team is the consumer that us, the tournament, and the hotel, all three of us, should be most concerned with. Well, uh, they, they pay the bills. That's right. Right. I mean, they pay the registration fees, the hotel, you know, fees, everything, gate fees, everything. It, it comes from the teams and the the end customer there. Yeah. And and you know what? A lot of people have gotten wind of how the hotel industry has fit into the sports side, and they point fingers. Mm-hmm. They say that's where I spend all my money. <laughs> Reality is, yeah. you do spend money, but the incremental growth, the you know, infusion that could have been a result in the last fifteen years of of the sports industry kind of growing is is not as big of a deal as the extra money you're spending on gas and yeah, food yeah, and beverage yeah. and all these other <laughs> things that, that come in. And, and the thing that I think nobody even has any concept of is the cost of a family for breakfast at a hotel. Oh. It, right? Yeah, like in, wild, one, in one hand, wild, I think yeah. 
hotels overestimate the cost, right? Yes, yes. Right? Like, oh, it's it's eighteen dollars. No, no, that yeah, bag of eggs is not eighteen dollars. Nope, I'm no, sorry, it's certainly not. <laughs> right? But but you know they've got to protect their margins, and I get it um, because they do take a hit, right? Like on mm-hmm. a single person in a room, yeah, they make their money, right? Sure. But when you bring in four people and or squeeze in two extra under the fire code, yeah, right? Yeah. They, they 14, take a, 15 year old kids. I remember eating at that age. Right? Yeah, I'd probably they take three a huge hit. Yeah. So when you say, well, I need a $99 rate. Well, $99 never included breakfast, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so yeah. 119 for a family for breakfast, it's a heck of a lot yeah, cheaper than going good. to Denny's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like that's a little bit of a underappreciation that teams have for what the hotel industry has done with that that specific amenity yes. um but at the end of the day rates are higher because of a lot of different things inflation the economy right there's a whole bunch of things that are outside of the tournament's control our control and to some extent the hotel's control mm-hmm. um but at the same time and, and this is something we maybe skipped over on the tournament side they're a business mm-hmm. yeah. so you have to respect the supply and demand component the same way you would the cost of milk or gas. Yeah, right. absolutely. doesn't mean you can't be upset about paying more than you'd like well, to. Well, no one wants to pay more, but you just, yeah, you have to understand that, you know, everyone's got to, to make theirs, right? The yep. hotel has to operate at a, a profit, right? They have to pay their staff. If you want someone to clean your room, we have to pay them. That's right. Uh, so all these things are going up. And I mean, even in, I think, you know, parents own jobs, right? Outside of the sports, it doesn't matter. You know, they want to make more too in their job and their salary. So, you know, you have to expect that the hotels want to do that too, right? That's and you right. want to, you know, give marginal increases to your sales staff and front desk and all that type of thing to give you a good experience when you show up to the hotel. Absolutely. Right? If you just keep bottoming out, you know, you're going to go to a hotel and no one's going to change your sheets or you're going to get, you know, rude people at the front desk or people who don't care, right? So we, it all works together. And, and the industry has actually recognized the gap mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. their credit. Uh, I mean, IG's new Avid brand, is a good example it is bare bones yeah right yeah. and it's it's you pay what you know you get what you pay for i mean it's it's a discounted rate mm-hmm. but it's a discounted experience and and they're very upfront and transparent about it so uh limited staff limited service you know grab and go breakfast all yeah. those things that you know are really meant to to streamline the cost for the consumer it's a good idea for sure um sure. And, and i think well, know, i think it's gonna be team to team Oh, 100%. Right? So, it's not for everyone. Yeah. No, yeah. but but I mean, to to kind of combat the increase in costs, mm-hmm. they've yeah. recognized that uh, we need to offer something that fits. It's still a good, clean product. For sure. For sure. But it's at a discounted price. And and, and I think it's a good concept. And I think you'll see some of the other brands follow on that yeah. one. Yeah. True by Hilton. Yeah. Same, same model there. They're, uh, we've had great feedback on, on that one. They're a little more... Uh, throughout this uh, the country as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, it, I think it's great. It's fantastic. It, you know, you might be going for you know a one day tournament, and you just got to stay the night before. You come in at eight p.m., leave at eight a.m. Right, you're not really in the hotel. Uh, it still looks great and everything, and you know, grab a breakfast on the way out. Or if you're staying for three nights and it's a full weekend, you know, you might want a little bit more, a little bit more service. So maybe that's not an option that you would want to consider. So. Well, and, and it cues us up to the next point that I think for me is probably the most misunderstood component of what we do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're, we're an aggregate service at some level, right? Um, we're bringing together volume to make everyone's life easy, first and foremost. Yes. For the tournament and the team, that allows us to provide discounts at a different expectation. And so you'll see a lot of teams say, hey, I can get this rate fractionally cheaper. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Yeah, the three of you that you booked on some online travel agency website. Yeah. Sure. You cost that hotel a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. those 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 businesses have huge markups. Um, and and you know what? That's that's one issue. But but the bigger issue is that you're now pecking away at that tournament provider's volume, mm-hmm. and yes. taking yeah. away their negotiating power. So yeah, you might have saved five bucks a night this year, but because of the distribution of business. You've now increased the the uh, ADR for the following year. The rate will be higher, yeah. Right, as a result of you stepping outside of that box because there's you're not providing a volume discount to that person, right? So let's say hundred rooms is just for easy math. Yeah. Um, and twenty of those go to the wayside. You're now negotiating with twenty percent less volume. Absolutely. And you should expect probably half of that increase in rate because of the distribution mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. could have if you had that additional 20%. So now magnify that with bigger volumes and, and start thinking about that as a consumer. Okay, if I'm, if I'm chipping away and doing my own thing, am I providing value to myself if I'm going to be here for the next five or 10 years at this event, right? Yeah. Like, I get it. If you're in here one year and out. Sure, sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but at the same time, like it's a little bit, you know, morally irresponsible to say, that I don't give a crap about everyone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately we live in an, in a society that d- some people do think Kinda that ends way. Ends up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, this tournament director is working his butt off to bring you a great event with great value, and he's asked you or she has asked you to participate in their hotel program. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do, whether you believe in it or not. Yeah. Um. And and it adds to this volume conversation. So you know we see that a lot. And then guess what? When they finally double check later that they actually paid more, well, too bad. Our rooms are sold out, right? Yeah. That's that's the way that plays out. Um, well, I think there's also, you know, beyond rate, um, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, book online rates, they're selling off the undesirable rooms, yes. right? We're right beside uh, the ice machine or, you know, ground floor. Well, some people love ground floor, but, you know, rooms that are just harder to sell. Um, when we book within a block in your team, I mean, it's never a guarantee, but hotels really want to try and put you together as a team, right? And, you know, maybe they make it special on check-in, they welcome you, or some little things like that that might um, just make your stay a little bit more, right? Being able to walk right next door to your teammate and, yeah. you know, go watch some TV as opposed to up three floors, down a hallway to the next corridor, whatever, things like that. Um, so, yeah, you might save that five bucks, but, you know, is that stay as fun? Yeah. Right. And, and it's about the kids too. Right. Yeah. And so if they can just knock next door and go play some video games or something too, that's amazing. Well, and it's important to think of how many miles you're going to put on those wheels in the cooler. Yeah. When yeah. You're wheeling it from room to room. Right. Yeah. We're looking at you, parents. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the hotel sees what you're up to. That's right? right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think that that's a really important piece of the conversation. Um, and, and I think the, you know, the, the, the last component, um, in that regard is is just uh, the experience the hotel has as well to your point like yeah. if they're bunching everyone into one segment sometimes hotels have different wings of their hotel mm-hmm. and, yeah. and there's other yeah. guests in that property that you're impacting their experience exactly right yeah. so you have to be really cognizant of all of that when when going through this process um because it's all connected right mm-hmm. it really yeah. is it's, yeah. it's an ecosystem yeah. Right. And, yeah. and all it takes is, you know, a couple noise complaints and now your team's not allowed back at that hotel. Yeah. Right. And look at a smaller market. Maybe there's only two or three hotels there. You know, one 
great one. Uh, now you're not allowed back there, and you have to stay at like a more of a budget brand, something that you may not want to stay at. Or now we're looking 30 minutes outside the city. That's that's just not great for the team long term. And the other component too, the way the way the business works is is we're setting up a rate that's protected over a period of time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not influenced by supply and demand. It doesn't fluctuate. So, you know, ultimately, ironically, another member of our team this week had a funny one where a guest had booked an early um, early arrival. Sorry, yeah, uh, advanced purchase. Advanced purchase. Yeah, 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 that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so booked an advanced purchase rate at a very good rate below mm-hmm. the the block rate we had. Yeah. You know, the hotel had, had actually made a mistake. They're a new property. Um, mm-hmm. But what happens here um, is ultimately three of the parents ended up getting in there before the hotel caught okay. the rate. Yeah. yeah. And then the rate jumped to 285 So it jumped $100. Wow. Yeah. And so that's the thing that I think is a misconception, right? So, you know, if you're if you're on the hotel side, and I can come to you and say, I will sell out your property, mm-hmm. every single room. And you look at it and go, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, I'm trying to take a long lunch today. That sounds good. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> it, right? So, Or I've got to now figure out how to sell this remaining 40% that mm-hmm. these other parents are going to go book wherever they want because yeah. they don't yeah. want to fit into it. So. Once you've determined that as a hotel person, are you going to give a discounted rate on the one where you have to sell an additional 40%? Are you going to give a discount on the one that your whole property yeah, sold? Yeah, whole I mean, property, yeah. That's the yeah. concept. So mm-hmm. from the team side, every time you don't participate, you're impacting that rate, whether you realize it or not. Absolutely, yes. And, and you're impacting the whole market mm-hmm. yeah. because you're not able to keep rate control by driving some properties down, right? Yeah. Instead, yeah. you're distributing it across the market the market has the compression and the rates go up. Yes. So it's a common misconception. So again, you know, if you're in it for one year and that's all you're looking at, that's a mistake, but mm-hmm. you know, there is some value to dumpster diving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're in it and you're going to participate in this particular tournament directors event for multiple years and, or multiple times throughout the year, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. need to be participating in the program because it will save you money, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Um, and, and in some markets that are, developing sports markets it might take a year or two for sure but it will happen and you need Mm -hmm. to trust the process so yeah i mean there's so many things too with creating that relationship with the director you know um if if you're entering multiple events throughout theirs of theirs throughout the year and oh i forgot to send in the check for for this tournament if you've now been in three or four over the last you know four or five six years they may be able to, you know, slide you in or, or something like that. Just give you a little bit more leniency on, you know, things that might happen along the way. It's, I mean, it's human errors, right? So, 100%. Um, you know, creating a good relationship with them is just going to help out team parents uh, long term. The whole industry is relationship driven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're in a technological era where everybody thinks technology is the best solution. And mm-hmm. technology certainly makes our life easier. That's great, for sure. But for sure. I, I think in our specific industry, hospitality itself service is is one that for a while here has become less important mm-hmm. and we're starting to see that trend of the consumer asking for attention to detail um both from our services the tournaments as well as the hotel yeah uh, i was in toronto ironically last weekend and i arrived in their lobby and there's a live dj playing yeah. like DJ. that <laughs> that's that is a hotel experience so that's for what sure, used yeah. to happen yeah. right it used to be the expectation that there was an experience when you got to a hotel. Yeah. And with yeah. the brand standards and the volume growth and all the value props that have been thrown into it, that has been kind of 
dragged mm-hmm. off. But mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, it's because the consumer was only can, caring about how do I get as close to nine nine dollar rate as I can. Yeah, and yeah. they got lost in the value trade off, right? Like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier in the breakfast. So, you know, that's that's something that you know I think the the teams need to take away from if if you know those that are listening. You need to be cognizant of short and long-term effects. Yes. And what you're paying for, right? Mm -hmm. Is your parking included? Is your breakfast included? Does this property have a pool? Do we need a pool? Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, I didn't allow my kids when I coached to use the pool until we were eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a big thing. Right? right? So if we're going to talk about parents and cost, guys, like you're paying for your kids to go play in these tournaments. Probably not a great idea to let them run around like maniacs and burn themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They want to be all worn out from a full day in the pool, go play a 6 p.m. game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you're if you're a not serious team and you're going to just sure, have fun, sure, yeah, cool, yeah. have at it. Yeah. You need right? the pool, right? And, and there's lots around. of events out there like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're. You gotta, if yeah. You got to look at what, what are you attending this tournament for? Yeah. Right. Is yeah. it for fun, a good experience? We travel to a new city? Sure. sure. And, and that whole topic is a future show. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, do, I, I have some things that I like to do when I'm coaching that are, are great for that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can touch on that a little bit later. So, you know, summarizing the parents, guys, buy into the program because it will save you money. You might not see it. But also recognize when you're getting gouged mm-hmm. and, and challenge it. Because it should yeah, be challenged when that's you, a big one. When when mm-hmm. you're when you're overpaying, you'll know it, right? Like yeah, it'll be yeah, really, it will not feel good when you look at those rates. But yeah. also look at okay, am I getting free swag from the event? You know, am I getting you know an opportunity to participate in something else later? Like look at what the outcomes potentially are before mm-hmm. you get too upset about it. And yes. and if you can't connect those dots, that's when you need to challenge the price point. For sure. So yeah, just just take a thirty thousand foot view, and it's really hard. When you're a young family and you have multiple kids and groceries. Well, and you're in it every weekend, right? And yeah. budgets and, and monthly bills and all that. Yeah, it's, it's tough to kind of step back. Right? Just just be educated when you challenge it. Mm-hmm. That's that's yes. the thing that, that I would recommend. And yeah. we, we see it all the time in here. Uh, educated versus uneducated challenges. And, and uh, you know, educated ones are fantastic. They're good feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uneducated ones fall on deaf ears because you don't have a valid point. Yeah. You didn't do your homework. You didn't pay attention. You didn't, you know, do any, any diligence on your side of the coin. And ultimately, you know, you didn't understand what you were buying, right? We give you all the information you need to understand your purchase. Yes. Right? There's no smoke and mirrors. It's all very transparent. Legally, we have to provide that transparency. Yeah, of course. We're so not trying to, can't hide anything. That's yeah. right. You know, it, the intentions are to give you the information you need to make the decision. And that's how we do our, our we do business in our space. Yeah. But um, make sure you educate yourself. And For sure. Leaving us into the last component of our discussion today, and for me, the one that everybody forgets about, mm-hmm. and that's the hotel side. Um, they're a business. We've touched on it briefly. Yep. Um, they, they're trying to pay their bills. They're trying to you know, um, recognize their staff, provide benefit to their staff, just the way your boss does, or for those of you that own your own business, they're trying to do for yourself. Um, you know, all of that stuff is part of the hotel conversation and people often forget that. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing that, you know, might come up is, um, you look at these huge, you know, hotel chains, right? The Marriott's and Hilton's and IHG's, um, is you look at it and it's a massive worldwide, you know, organization or corporations are like, oh man, they're just trying to, you know, pump money out of us. 
but something that I learned when I just started here is a lot of them are franchises, mm-hmm. right? And so someone may only own, you know, one hotel or a handful of hotels, or there's other companies that manage, you know, a, a portfolio of hotels. So now we're not just feeding, you know, Mr. Marriott, his, you know, caviar and things like that, but it's, um, you know, just local people, right? Local, you know, families who run some businesses or run these hotels. Uh, so they need to make their money and provide food for their families as well, right? Absolutely. So it's not just, you know, massive corporations that were Now with that, benefiting. that doesn't mean they're all doing business properly. No, 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 right? absolutely not. So, absolutely you, not. Know, yeah. you know, from the hotel side, let's just put the old asterisk on right there. Yeah. Like, do good business people. For sure. Right? Like, I mean, there's there's ways you can make your money mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then there's bad ways to make your money that, absolutely, that absolutely. don't yeah. have any long-term benefit to you at all. So, um you know, at the end of the day, I, I do think that the conversation that I often see from a tournament director is you need to push around the hotels. And no, that is not a good long-term model, right? No, you might no. have some real short-term success, but but the gap there is that you have one misstep. You have one rain out. You have one bad year and they're gone. They're going to drop you. Yeah, yeah. And so that's something that it's a give and take relationship. And, and that's where we really, really have to push our tournament partners to understand that you don't control their inventory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You want to think that you sell their business and you do, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, they could sell other pieces of business. Well, yeah. I mean, if you push someone around too much, that doesn't feel good no matter what job or industry you're in. Yeah. And now next year you want to come back and they're like, uh, you know what? That you know company, that tournament director was not great to deal with. I'm going to go find something else to fill my hotel this weekend. That's right. right? Yeah. And, and that's exactly, and it's, it's always possible. And I think, you know, there, there is some hotels in the current, you know, ecosystem where there is lots of business out there mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that are, are a little ignorant of what's going to happen a couple of years from now when the corporate market comes back down yeah. um, and some of the other segments aren't there to, to fill the coffers. And so I've had a lot of conversations lately with the hotels just saying, all right, guys, you guys are in the driver's seat, but don't be naive about what happens when the market turns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the ones that were around in 08 are like, yeah, you're right. We need to remember that. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. ones that have been yeah. in the industry for two and three years, like, no, no, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Mm, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have fun in the yeah. next industry well, you're working you in. You talked about it. it's a relationship business, right? And those relationships are built over the years. And we remember, you know, who are great partners to work with. And so do the tournament directors. That's right. right? Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing, right? We talked about the tournament directors having to appreciate the hotel side. Mm-hmm. That's the major gap, yeah. right? The yeah. hotel dire- hotels do not have an appreciation for the tournament directors. And that's mm-hmm. almost universal, right? And, and that's unfortunate. There's some great, great hotels that Absolutely, yeah. love their hotel yes. partners or their tournament partners, sorry. Um, but many are very underappreciative of, of the fact that those people are out there, you know, working with us to help sell their hotel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately that, it, it, you know, is we talk about what salespeople at the hotel level do with their bonuses and their quotas and all that things. You know, at the end of the day, the, the tournament directors have their own unofficial quotas that they need to fill to make their business work. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately are transparently a hotel quota. So for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that's, that's one thing that's, that's a gap, but you know, from, from the hotel side, you know, providing value comes in a lot of different ways, right? So if you're a sold out weekend, okay, in a major market or a mid market, um, and, and you're going to have thousands of people come into a market, the hotels want to try to <laughs> limit the amount of, sorry, we're sold out, sorry, we're sold out, sorry, we're sold out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They want to cut that in half yeah. and or eliminate it 
And that's where a housing provider can provide a lot of value to them um, and, and to the team. They no longer have to go down a list of hotels. A call, sold out. Yeah, sold out. Sold Ten out. hotels. Sorry. sorry. Now they sorry. can go to one link with a housing provider uh, where they can see what's available at that current moment in time. Yeah. Um, and waste very little time securing a property for them. Yeah, and it helps them compare. Right. We're talking breakfast, pools, all these different things that it may not line up perfectly. Right. One hotel might have that pool and no breakfast. Another one has breakfast, no pool. Right. Or one might be, you know, 20, 30 kilometers or miles away from the venue, but it's at a little bit of a discount versus something closer. So you can kind of, you know, see them all and make quick comparisons right away. Yeah. Right? And, and I know with the, the drive conversation, I know a lot of people are always, oh, I don't want to have to drive. Well, mm-hmm. the reality is, are you really going back and forth to the hotel? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you play at 11, p- 11 a.m. and then 4 p.m., you're yeah. not going to the hotel. You're going for lunch no. with the team. Yeah. Right. And then you're coming Find back. Find a tree, have a picnic. That's right. right. Yeah. We always did um, team karaoke, which was awesome. Karaoke. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Just an iPod yeah. and some earbuds. Nobody else can hear yeah. the music. You just <laughs> you gotta. Just sing. It's just, just karaoke. <laughs> it's a great game. Great game. But, Amazing. Um, you know, at the hotel level, though, the, the other component is they get all of the business wrapped up and, and booked into one block with mm-hmm. individual sub blocks. Right. So the package delivered to the property is a little bit cleaner. They don't have to worry about managing the the inventory. Um, you know, I think one of the misconceptions that our industry has as a whole um, is is that a lot of the blocks get dropped. Yes, yes, and and I, I think that, that a lot. there yeah. is a lot of irresponsible, you know, housing providers that don't care about mm-hmm. how much they block or drop. Yeah, um, they're just trying to block out the sun to make sure that they can have something available if and when somebody buys from them, right? And that's that's a poor approach. I mean, one of the big things we've done here over the last couple of years is really, really reduce that. Uh, we've done a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, we're far below what the industry average of dropped rooms yeah. is. Uh, and it's something we really hang our hat on because having that hotel partnership is very, very important. Um, Absolutely. You know, I think there's it's impossible to measure uh, early checkouts, um, events that eventually got canceled. And I know a lot of hotels look at, well, this is how much was blocked. This is how much was realized at the end of the year, but then mm-hmm. they themselves don't discount how many were events that got canceled or they actually let walk out of their property. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that are fits into that conversation that I think hotels like to point a finger on that one. For sure. Um, but that's why having an appreciation for their business is so important. And, and the education has to go that way as well too, because mm-hmm. it's very different than their traditional business, right? Corporate accounts have corporate cards with, you know, huge 1% businesses that, yeah, you yeah. know, they don't care about $30, no, right? So no. when we're talking about sports, it's young families. And Absolutely. They yeah. have no extra budget. No, no. They're, I mean, I don't know what the stats are. We could probably look it up real quick, but like how many people are living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. right? There are maybe two weeks buffer if something were to go wrong. So, you know, you, you get gouged on a weekend or you have to spend, you know, an extra, you know, $200 instead of an early checkout fee. I mean, those things matter. Yeah, right. those are big. I totally agree, and yeah. I and I think at the end of the day, uh, it's it's a conversation that is definitely over uh, or underappreciated a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And and so you know from the hotel side, you know the value proposition is obviously the service that that we're providing to them themselves. But the one that the hotels often miss is the one we provide to the teams, right? Yes. So no hotel can really service the team scenario where you're you're handling their sub block um, in a way that. Uh, benefits them, right? Like 
I, I feel like that's a really, really misunderstood piece of, of the mm-hmm. team component. And, you know, as much as the hotels say, well, we have our online systems that can handle all this stuff. They're, they're not great for the team experience. And, and yeah. the thing that I always say, if you guys had this figured out, the industry that is built in our business wouldn't exist. Yeah, we wouldn't have a job. And, right? and guess what? It's growing, not mm-hmm. shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there needs to be some inward looking discussion. Uh, on that side of the business. And, and it's not to say that um, this side's perfect because it's certainly not. It has its ugly moments. But, um, you know, there there's a conversation to be had about the value proposition that can be provided yeah. and, and what that expect, expectation is. Like some of the asks from our side of the business that I know are out there in our competitors are ludicrous. They're, just, I, they're outrageous. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've said it directly to a lot of hotels, like you guys need to challenge those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And and so from the hotel side, that's, that's a component that we'd love to see take a step into the, the step forward because, you know, just eliminating certain elements isn't a great way to do it because, you know, our favorite hotel partners that do really, really well, they just buy business. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Absolutely. Right. They understand that there's a, there's, they have the ability to do it. It's an ROI model. And, and that's the way that hotels should be looking at the third party space because that's ultimately what it is. Am I getting ROI on what I'm investing? For sure. Period. That's it. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. And you know, it shouldn't be a, well, I'm taking this out of my bottom line. You're not, you're investing that into your bottom line. Yes, and, yeah. and that's where just looking at it a different way, totally yeah, different angle. Yeah, and and unfortunately, the way the industry has shifted, you have a lot more revenue managers in power, and in that relationship side of the business is becoming less important, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's that's a major problem, uh, because as we said very early on in this this conversation, hospitality matters. Yes, yes, and when you're only focused on revenue, you're gonna get lost on that path, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Having that understanding of of where the hotel conversation fits versus where, you know, the tournament fits. You know, I was in an advisory board for one of the brands and I said very frankly, your hotels need to do a better job learning about the the business model that's in the tournament side. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I mean said, if you don't understand it, how can you service it? Right. And I said, look at this room. We're all here learning about your business model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Where yeah. where is the opportunity to learn going the other way? And that's also should be critical of the tournaments as well, right? They're not giving that opportunity to educate either. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, 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 there's a there's a conversation that needs to be had there and, and ever instead everyone's getting abrasive and they're back up and trying to protect themselves and yeah. it's it's the wrong way to do it, guys. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. This is a PSA. Like, let's work together, people. Yes. Like, this isn't yeah. this isn't a war. <laughs> no, right? Like, this is a partnership. Yeah. Everyone can win here. Everyone can win. And that's that's where we're really conscious in our on our team. How do we push that conversation? Because that's the way it needs to move forward. Not not as a war. The yes. war gets us nowhere. No, right? All no. it does is create adversity, changes models that, quite frankly, are not beneficial for the space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and it's going to impact the hotel models more than they think. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's where we need to have a bigger conversation. So um, from a hotel side, you, you know, you're out there, you know, talking to hotels on a daily basis. What yeah. what are what are your thoughts on how we can provide a little more value um, for them? I know we push really, really hard on our team, but as an industry, how, how can we all do it better? Um, I, I really think it's just educating them on like what the what the tournament is really. 
right? I mean, you know, it's young families uh, traveling to a lot of the tournaments, right? But there are also, you know, different sports groups that might be able to to fluctuate and, you know, make up a budget cut or something here. So we give a little bit uh, on a weekend here, you know, take a little bit that way, right? And so just really helping the, the hotels understand, like, what is this tournament? What is this business? What is it all about? You know, we have different tournaments or different teams that are traveling, you know, one night. They're going for a one-day tournament. It's a couple hours away, and they want to have a hotel stay because they have the 8 a.m. game. Right. Right. Or there's you know a team that's coming for four nights, and they're doing that multiple times a year for some of these longer tournaments. They're ex- they're prepared right for a little bit uh, of a higher expense for the whole season. Right. right. They know that going in. Right. Uh, you know, you're talking a 16U team. Um, so you know, there's just uh, I think we can just probably prep the hotel on you know what that team is expecting absolutely right i think that's one of the big things and and i completely agree you know Mm -hmm. and i think that that is something that um you know the businesses we compete with on a daily basis are are more blanketing the sun Mm -hmm. with a standard model yeah um and and again you know that lack of education is is really the gap at the end of the day yeah um you know some some businesses are just quite frankly overvaluing what they're actually providing yeah right and and you know what if you're if you're going above and beyond then cool maybe you can ask for a little bit more because mm-hmm. maybe you're providing that added value to the property absolutely but yeah if, if yeah. you're not confident that that's what you're doing ultimately then you need to look inward and say okay am i asking for too much yeah right and i so, think we have to you know manage what we can deliver to or manage the expectations absolutely right? we talked about blocking too much um but it may be a situation where you know a team is just giving this as an option to their parents, right? Some it's mandated and, you know, hey, we're all staying here. Here's the hotel. And then there's other organizations that say, here's an option. You know, you can book where you want, right? Yeah. And so someone might be a, a member at a different brand or, you know, stay with family. So there's lots of different things that might, you know, impact that that block and us not filling it. And that's our job. For right? sure. And that's where yeah. we come in. Our, our job is to get the tournament director to understand mm-hmm. how their model should be placed. Yeah. How many exactly. rooms they should be offering in that model. Um, yeah. and ultimately how that will impact the price point, right? Yeah. Because if you're not, you know, pushing people to the hotel side, how do you expect to ask for, you know, a discounted rate or complimentary rooms, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff is impacted by your level of dedication to the property as well. So, you know, that, that's something we talk with our hotel partners and our tournament partners about, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, and if the tournament partners are not willing to go above and beyond, then you know what, then then how can they possibly expect the, ter- the hotels the to hotel do the same? You can't, no. And, that's and that's fair. the accountability that we ask for from all parties, yes. right? Uh, yes. Including the teams who often sometimes try to pull the shoot mm-hmm. um, at the yeah. last minute yeah. when they realize they can <laughs> save a hundred bucks. Well, you know, that's awesome. You wanted the 20% discount, right? Yep. But you weren't yep. willing to, you know, hold the terms of your agreement in order to do that. Um, and, and so that's the variation that I think is misunderstood in a lot of the, the, the conversations. So, we we do our best to educate everybody in in the ecosystem, yes. and yeah. so you know I, I think this is a really great start to the conversation. Yeah, I, I it's think a, it's, it's a big some, one for sure, for sure. <laughs> I think it's something that we will continue to push, and we'll be continue to see as a big part of of the industry itself. But you know, ultimately, um, there, there's growth in this conversation. Yeah, uh, for all yeah. parties, and and we hope to to hear from some of our partners out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we'd love to have on the show in future yeah, episodes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, if you are interested in being a, 
a participant in the show, please email Sean at Sean at sport dash travel dot com. S E S E A N. Yeah, yeah, not the Schwan. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, it's um you know that that's definitely the best way to get a hold of us. If you want to jump in on the conversation and provide your insight from from either the team or the hotel or the tournament perspective, happy to hear from you. Uh, and and it's certainly one that. We want your voice heard as well. If you see it from a different perspective, we want to know. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone sees something differently, right? And if you have a unique experience or, or whatever, or maybe it's a, a city as a whole, you keep going back to the city and it doesn't matter the hotel or the tournament. It's just you have terrible experiences. Like, let's talk about it. Let's, Absolutely. let's chat. Right? Yeah. So that's that's going to be a wrap on today's show. Uh, the first first one at it. I mean, mm-hmm. we the coffee is flowing here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're on a, 